I V M. On this episode of Paisa Paisa, it's a forensic accounting special with Amay Kulkarni of Candor Investing. We are going to talk about forensic accounting as a concept, how it relates to investing, some specific practices if you want to do forensic accounting yourself, how to spot great companies, how to spot bad companies. All of this in a detailed discussion with Amay Kulkarni of Candor Investing. Really interesting episode coming up next. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Anubham Gupta, B50 on Twitter. And today's episode is interesting. It's about a topic that is a concept on its own and also pertains to investment. My guest is a practitioner. He's an expert on this because he does this for a living. Amay Kulkarni, who's come all the way from Pune and who runs the Candor Investing Platform. Amay, welcome to Paisa Paisa. Thank you so much for doing this for us. First, tell us something about your background. You know, you're an engineer and MBA. That's what I saw on your website. Folks, the website is candorinvesting.com. That's C-A-N-D-O-R-I-N-V-E-S-T-I-N-G, candorinvesting.com. Very fascinating background, right? I mean, you know, the typical profile of uh, a fund manager, because that's essentially what you are, would be, I don't know, maybe an IIT, IIM, or some fancy finance degree, worked in a bank, worked in a mutual fund, worked in an insurance company. You're totally different, okay? So welcome to the show. Let's start with your educational background, how that led you to investing, okay? And then, you know, we'll follow that up with the concept of forensic accounting and a lot of other stuff. Tell us. Sure. Thanks. Thanks, Anupam, for calling me. Uh, I'm happy to uh, talk to your listeners. So I'm an engineer and MBA. I did my electrical engineering mm -hmm. and then worked with a lot of corporates like Siemens, Jindal Steel and Power and Larson and Tubro, wow. typical core industries, Yes. Uh, typical engineer MBA jobs, right? And in fact, I sold electricity for five years. <laughs> there are hardly only 100 people today in India that do this job. Sold electricity. Sold electricity. What does that sound? Sound like some Nikola Tesla kind of thing. Apne hath mein electricity and you're selling it. What does that? It sounds really interesting. What's it about? So selling electric. So electricity is a commodity which cannot be stored. Huh. Okay. And yeah. that complicates a lot. And especially after uh, Electricity Act in 2003, the mm. privatization happened in electricity in a big way. Before that, only government was there. So this sector was a very nascent sector when I worked in it between 2010 and 2015. So uh, that's a little bit of my background okay. in uh, corporates. Sure. So the way I got in, uh, interested in investing was I read this book called Intelligent Investor in 2007. The First book that a lot of people read, you know, when they start investing Correct. by the great Ben Graham. Correct. Yeah. But the interesting part was, why did I ever invest in stocks? You mm. know, my father was working in Power Grid, the transmission company. Yeah, yeah, of course. And he, the IP of Power Grid came out in 2006. Huh. And he came to me, Amaya, I have to invest from the employee quota. What is this? You tell me. And I said, <laughs> I also don't know anything. Let me first read it. What's an IPO? What's employee quota? Exactly. Okay. So what is an IPO? From there I started. Then I started reading Benjamin Graham. And then I did my MBA from MDI Gurgaon. So I was quite fortunate that... Oh, the great professor. Sanjay exactly. Yeah, okay. So as far as back as almost 10 years, I learned uh, investing from Professor Sanjay Bakshi. And that is how I invested my own personal money and family money for a long time. Okay. Since 2006 and seven in stocks. Okay. And after working for corporates for 10 years, then I decided that I want to make investing my full-time career. 
so in 2015 uh, i started on my own and started advising others on investing money okay and then you give the ri exam i assume Correct. and then i am registered with sebi as an investment advisor and all those details are there on the website what what i have to ask you this right because yes. i have not had professor bakshi on my show as such but what was it like learning under him and you know what is learning from god <laughs> okay i mean so what so did that shape your thinking did that shape your philosophy did, did that help you to find you know a certain structure to what you're going to offer to your clients did, how did that process work so the biggest benefit if you learn from somebody like professor bakshi is that he teaches you to think and experiment with different types of investing and then you get to know what is correct what is not correct what is working what is not working what is suitable to you what is not suitable to you Okay for example uh I think he is known for value investing Correct. okay so he would probably be talking about that then he would probably introduce you to me growth investing so you went through that course i think Correct. and he has a lot of things on behavioral finance if i'm not mistaken yes okay so all of that helped you to shape up uh, yes. your philosophy so when was this which 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 year was this, this? was 2009 and 10 okay so for two years you trained out there and then when you came out on the other side you were very confident that you would do this so okay Now let's get to the meat of our topic today. Okay, the forensic, yes. you know, forensic account first as a concept. Yes. What exactly is it? Because, you know, I think in some ways or the other, this has anyone who's a CA knows how to, you know, spot yes. or go through annual reports and pick this up. Okay, yes. but the entire idea of forensic accounting has come up. I would say in the last ten twenty years, thanks to some very high profile. uh scandals Correct. frauds that have taken place Correct. satyam was known from an indian perspective back in 2008 okay prior to that of course there was enron in 2001 in europe there was parmalat okay Correct. so all of this has helped to develop this body now i want you to walk our listeners through a, you know what exactly is forensic accounting as a concept yes and then how does this work in investing correct so let me tell you one simple truth okay there are thousand legal and i say legal ways to cheat the minority shareholder okay so if you have invested your hard earned money in any company you want to make sure that at the least the management is honest correct correct so how do you ensure that the management is honest you don't need to know anybody you don't need to know any insider you don't need to have friends in the finance industry everything that you need to know about the company to gauge whether the management will work in your interest is there in the annual report and whatever other material is available on the internet free obviously everything so free so whether you're an investor or not you can actually get this information on the internet absolutely free the tough part is you have to actually open the 200 page annual report and you need to know what to look for where to look for how to look for yeah. that is what you need to do so If you are a fundamental long-term investor who partners, so who buys stakes in good quality companies, you want to make sure that the management is honest. So a lot of frauds have actually come to light in the last one and a half two years, especially after the ILFS crisis. But for a person, you know, people like me who, for uh, forensic accounting is a part of the their investment process. Basically, I am not at all surprised. for most of these companies i already knew that there was some problem with these companies and i stayed away from them okay abhi this is really fascinating right so you learned under professor bakshi so yes. from the time that you learned it as a concept 
how did you you know stumble upon forensic accounting and decide that this is what you are going to do that, that, you know just let's talk on that sure so when you start investing you start knowing about a lot of companies you want to improve or you want to improve so i as a nature by nature uh, i love reading books i love reading stuff okay and i kept on reading about more and more companies so the best way actually to improve your investment process and investing investing prowess uh, is to study the great companies and the failure companies wow so study the extremes extreme success extreme failure and when you start doing that certain patterns emerge where you realize that okay these patterns are recurring in successes these patterns are recurring in failures now when you start investing you you make some money you lose some money when you lose some money it really pains you of course it does correct yeah and then after you if you analyze your mistakes in the past then you realize that these mistakes are recurring and the worst mistakes are when you invested in a company and the there was some problem with the company which you could have seen it before investing hmm. and that is how slowly slowly i started developing the concept of how to check the management integrity how to check whether the promoter is honest how to check whether you can rely on the promoter to make you money so the best part of investing what is best part of investing right in share market we can invest in the best of the indian companies the promoter uses his talent his hard work to make a lot of money for himself we just buy the shares and also make a lot of money with him correct except that if you use forensic accounting you know whether you are partnering with the correct guy or the wrong guy okay so you know you're making this sound very easy i'm sure that you you know <laughs> okay. you've learned a lot of things the hard way let's get into this hard way stuff because maybe who knows maybe some listeners can benefit from your i i know i have done a lot of mistakes in my own you know the choices that i've made tell us something about your mistakes you know okay so i will tell you about two examples one in which i lost money one in which i saved myself from losing money okay so uh, so let me tell you about one company uh, in the affordable housing space called podar housing mm. okay so this company makes uh, a, a real estate i mean homes for people in and around mumbai in very affordable rates so between 2009 and 2014 they had constructed 5000 flats in places like karzat mm. badlapur bihupuri mm. and others so i actually visited some of these flats wow so for people who in uh, you know who have been to mumbai or stay in mumbai they would realize that traveling for 40 50 kilometers by train every day every mm. single day to office mm. is very normal yes right yes people come from all over from viraj to church gate that's exactly long distance so now this great podar housing company was giving a flat at 12 lakh 15 lakhs 1 mm. bhk 2 bhk with a hospital with a school in international standard in the colony in the colony okay. inside the residential premises right mm. tennis ground cricket ground park gym everything oh. and i actually saw that with these um, it with my own eyes okay and a history of delivering 5000 flats in about 5 to 6 years Sounds so. I mean, so far so good, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I was very happy. Huh. And you saw this on the ground, actually. I saw this on the ground. Okay. So it was not very difficult to go to one of these. Yeah, yeah of course they'll right. welcome you probably out there. Exactly. Yeah. You pose as a buyer, buyer and just yeah, go. Yeah. You know, I'm interested. I want to look. Yeah. I'm an investor, and they will show you everything, sample flat, everything. Correct. So from there, I went to the annual general meeting. 
Okay. And the promoter told us that we are the next project we are starting in Goregaon mm. in three months. Okay. And I'm even more happy. Because you're coming closer to Bombay, far closer, higher realization per square foot. Exactly. So yeah. Badlapur is about, I think, seventy kilometers away from Mumbai. Yeah. A flat sells at two thousand five hundred rupees per square feet. A flat in Goregaon sells for at least fourteen to fifteen thousand per square feet. Correct. Which means you sell six flats in Badlapur yeah. is equivalent to selling just one flat in Goregaon. And he's got background experience because he's already delivered there. He's already delivered. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. So then I said, boss, I think my life is going to change. This one <laughs> single stock is going to change my life, uh-huh. right? Then I said, okay, let's investigate a little more. Sure. So actually, I went to the slums. Hmm. In Mumbai, there is no land. Yeah. Everything yeah, is slum yeah. rehabilitation. Yeah. So I actually went to the Goregaon slums where the project, wa- the uh, company was actually going to construct the Correct. residential yeah. house. They're going to take over the slums and redevelop it into a tower or some exactly. kind of complex. Okay. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. So then I spoke to the slum dwellers. So fortunately, I I'm a Maharashtrian, so I knew <laughs> Marathi and it helped. Huh. And uh, after half an hour, one hour of cajoling, uh, this slum dweller opened up to me, hmm. and she actually told me that uh, no agreement has been signed. Ah. And then I realized, uh, okay, the agreement needs to be signed with everybody. Then the slums need to be demolished. They have to be shifted to temporary structures. Then the slum rehabilitation building has to be constructed. Correct. And then you get permissions from the municipal corporation. There are at least sixty different permissions that you need to. Take for a real estate project, including yeah. fire, electricity, sewage, roads, whatever. Yeah, right? Yeah. The entire process will at least take one and a half years. Even if things go smoothly. Yeah. Even if things yeah. go smoothly. Yeah. And just two hours back, three hours back at the annual general meeting, the promoter was telling us that uh, we'll start in three months. So I ah. said, <laughs> okay. either he's fooling us or he's fooling himself. He's not even taking the agreements at the slum level level. Exactly. Huh. Okay. Then I said, "Boss, Thoda to. I need to get out. Haan. So I need to get out. Something is a problem. Sure, I need to get out. And the books of accounts were fine. So books of accounts were fine, Haan. except that there were some observations. Hmm. Uh, so so there was a background to this. Okay, why did I think? Why did I immediately exit this stock? So I bought the stock at nine fifty. I sold at eight fifty. Sure, a marginal loss. Haan. Today the stock price is three hundred. Ouch! Around that figure. Okay, okay. okay. So in two thousand twelve thirteen. This company made a joint venture with one Virar-based company hmm. to make an affordable housing society. So they did a fifty-fifty joint venture with Viva Housing. Okay. They paid thirty crore rupees to Viva Housing as an advance because that money is required to remove the prepare the land, buy yeah, the yeah, land, yeah, you know, yeah. make the conversion and all those permissions. Sure. Right? So the joint venture partner was supposed to make all those permissions. Podar was going to construct and sell. Correct. Between 2012 and mm. 2016. So the story that I told you is out of in 2016. In these four years, nothing had happened, and every year it was mentioned in the annual report by the auditor that the management thinks that the land will come back, mm. some movement will happen. So this 30 crores is an investment that the company has made. Mm-hmm. This project is expected. To get permissions and get going in the future. Okay, okay. Every single year. Every single year. Every single year. Okay, okay. So then I realized that if every year the management is saying that okay the project is going to start the project is going to start, see because the auditor always says okay yeah, this 30 yeah, crores you have invested nothing has happened. Should, yeah. Is this a loss? Should we write it off? Obviously. What should we do? Yeah. Management says नहीं रुक जाओ यार अभी वो काम होने वाला है. कुछ ना कुछ आएगा उसमें से हाँ. Correct. Yeah. 
and if you see the 2019 annual report also hmm. it's the crores is still there okay. they have not written it so these were like red flags for you exactly okay so that's the first example podar housing tell us about the second one you said you mentioned there are two of them correct <laughs> so this is a, a famous professor bakshi stock in kitex garments okay. so he had invested i came to know about it uh, let me tell you the good part about this sure. so they make infant garments which means for garments for children be- between the age of 0 and 2 so anybody who has had young kids will realize that the garments for these kids are very different from garments for 2 plus age or very 5 plus very niche market yeah very niche market very niche you market. need to have certain expertise to build that kind of quality so that people Correct. buy from you i mean Correct. i we've gone through this i have a kid yeah. so i know that yeah exactly so you know one problem with the garment and the kid will keep crying for 30 minutes 40 minutes and it will be hell for you uh-huh. right for the mothers and the fa- even the fathers or every whoever is taking care and of you this you'll buy that again ever never ever yeah. right yeah. so the entire so this Uh, company Kitex Garments is the second largest manufacturer of infant garments in the world. Mm. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, so they are out competing some of the Chinese companies as well. That requires a lot of talent. Yes, and, and it has been a hundred yeah. bagger stock right since nineteen ninety four. In Kerala, the promoter is treated as a demigod. Mm. The reason is he employs some ten thousand people in his two factories that he has. Mm. Uh, setting up a business with a labor as large as five thousand, ten thousand people. Is unheard of in Kerala. Correct, yeah. So yeah. people staying out of Kerala may not realize this, but in Kerala, he's almost a god. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So fantastic numbers, great profitability, brilliant stock performance, everything good. Story matches. Everything matches, and I invested. And the stock first of all went up. Mm. I was in profits, and mm. then it started falling and falling and falling and falling, mm. and then. I started digging more and more. What am I missing? What am I missing? What am I missing? Sure. And this was a very peculiar case. Generally, what happens is that the uh, promoters, you know, the, uh, the the not so honest promoters, have two entities. One is a listed entity which yeah. is owned by others also, and one is a private entity which is owned only by the promoter or his family. Correct. That that that's a classic model. Yeah. Classic model. Yeah. And many times, what happens is they steal from the listed entity and they give it to the private entity correct yeah so i had also gone through the financial reports of the private entity which has to be given as part of the accounts i guess or if no. you can probably go to the ro you know the roc website yeah. you have to go to the roc website download it separately you have to just pay 100 okay, rupees okay, and yeah, download yeah, so it this is not a sorry i thought it's a, it's a subsidiary but this actually is probably a holdco holdco correct holding correct. company holding company listeners. yeah, yeah. Okay. so for the promote promoter has two companies one yes. is a listed company yes. one is a private company yes Right, so you can get the annual reports of this private company from the ROC website, yeah. uh, Registrar of Companies. Yeah. Now what happens is the private company is less profitable than the public company. Huh. So the perception okay. or the even the reality is that this is a less profitable company, the private one. The public company is more profitable. Hmm. So the management is honest. Okay. Right. The problem was, okay. This company in 2015, 16, 17 was making operating margins of 30%. Hmm. It basically it's a contract manufacturer for the US retailers. Yes, and they are making some five and half lakh pieces of garments every day. Okay, and they sell at 50, 60, 70 rupees yes. a piece, which gets sold in the US at 500 rupees, okay. $10, dollars, twelve dollars. Now, if you see Page Industries, which is sells the jockey brand, yeah. who's a retailer. Amazing company. Yeah. 
they make only 20% profit margins ah okay yeah and also bangalore based and you know yeah yeah they employ lots of people and they've got a much bigger brand than kitex they yeah. have a brand yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody you know wants to pay double the money buy jockey underwear yeah but kitex garments is a contract manufacturer so thappa bhi nahi hai unka they it's not like they have their own label on the clothes exactly like jockey does yeah and they make 30% profit margins almost ah, one and a half times oh, there is your mismatch there is your anomaly there is your one. okay theek hai there were others yeah yeah okay but so this, this was, was yeah, one yeah. of them the other was when you actually checked the private entity in the later years so mm-hmm. what happened in 2018 19 the story the promoter was actually showing losses in the private entity and mm-hmm. all Prof- the profits yeah. were getting transferred to the public entity okay so if there is a time lag between the financials of the public and the private entity so the private entity you get almost after one year ah Okay. So you have to wait for one year to get the private entity. So when you wait for the next year, you suddenly realize, oh, there is a loss in mm, the private entity, mm. and the uh, public entity is still profitable. Okay, so two of them. So oh, <laughs> these were the two. You know, you can relate to this, and you have learned from this. Yes. Folks, that is a wrap on the first part of this episode of Pesa Pesa, the forensic accounting special with Amay Kulkarni. We spoke about Amay's background. We spoke about forensic accounting as a concept, how it pertains to investing, the mistakes that Amay made, and how he stumbled upon forensic accounting as a concept for his business. Don't go anywhere. On the second part of the show, we are going to be talking about how you can do forensic accounting using resources that are completely free on the internet. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back to this episode of Pesa Pesa, the Forensic Accounting Special with Amay Kulkarni of Candor Investing. In the first part, we spoke to you at length about the concept of forensic accounting and how it pertains to investing. In this part, we are going to talk about practical tips and how you can start forensic accounting of your own. Okay, so Amay, so far we've spoken about how forensic accounting works, you know, and how it relates to investing. I need to understand that if I'm starting, if if I'm a listener who wants to do this on my own, you know, what are the few basic things that I need, okay, to start this process actually? Because okay. you said that a lot of this material is already there on the net. So how would I go about doing it? Correct. So if you want to invest in any company, before we come to forensic accounting, see, uh, let me explain it in this way. Suppose you go to a different city, and in that city they speak only in Chinese. Okay. Right? So you won't be able to understand anything that they are seeing, and they won't be able to understand anything that you are seeing. Correct. Similarly, business speaks in the language of accounting. So you first need to know what is a balance sheet, what is a profit loss statement, hmm. what is a cash flow statement, and believe me, it is not even eleven standard stuff that you want to read up. Okay. So it's you don't need to be a chartered accountant. You no don't need to study BCom or you know, Commerce for five years. You just need to pick up a 11 standard textbook and read it. Okay. okay. Yeah. Once you have done that, you have an idea of what the company is speaking. So forget, don't listen to management CEO MD speaking on TV and you know other mediums or reading his interviews in magazines or newspapers. Just open the annual report, read the balance sheet, read the profit loss statement, read the cash flow. You will know what the company is doing, how it's earning money, whether it's earning money, whether it's not earning money. So let me give you a simple example of what you can do to check whether the company is really profitable or not. To make it simple, the company makes a profit at the end of the year. So that is called profit after tax. Yep. 
that gets mentioned in the profit loss statement. Now that is an accounting fictitious number so to say. If you really want to check what do you want from the company, cash should come to you, hmm. to the company, right? So is the company really making any cash or it's only profit numbers that are shown on the annual report. So don't check the just the profit after tax. Go ahead and check the cash flow from operations. Okay. So assume the company made 100, 100, 100 crores in three years. Yep. But the cash flow from operations shows a minus 20, minus 20, minus 20 figure. Hmm. Which means the company did not get any money. Yep. It actually end up, ended up giving out cash. Yeah. Correct. One other simple example, if you extend this, there will always be variations between years. So you sum up the profit after tax for the last 10 years. Hmm. Sum up the cash flow from operations for the last 10 years and check whether both of the two numbers match. match. So that you'll know where the money came from and where it's gone. Correct. Okay. Okay, Amay, so that's really helpful for our listeners on how they can start, uh, you know, to understand forensic accounting. Let's say that I'm a listener. Uh, I'll use my own example. I want to know more about a certain company i'll download all the uh, the available reading material the the annual reports from the website and probably a lot of you know uh, maybe i can download the web the annual reports of competition now i want you to tell our listeners what are the red flags what are the few things that they should look out for because annual report download i mean there are some companies like infosys they have annual reports from 1999 Yes. Okay, so I, that's that's going to take a lot of time for me to look at twenty-year yes. annual reports. Okay, but yes. let's say I look at five-year, ten-year. Now I've started to read them. I've started to understand them. You told yes. our listeners about how business is the activity and accounts is the language, or that's yes. you know that's how you can gauge the business activity from there. Yes. I want you to now walk through to our listeners as to what are those red flags, what are the few things you gave the you gave two fantastic examples from your own experience about Portal yes. Housing and about Kitex, okay, and yes. how, you know, in one you actually burnt your fingers and the other you got saved. Yes. So, how do listeners approach this? Now that they've started yes. the process, they want to do this, yes. you know, maybe you can look at it from a workshop angle because I know that you also conduct a lot of yes. workshops. So, how does this process work? So, the first thing you want to do is a company is an evolving like a f- movie, okay, so you want to compare what it did in five years back to what it said five years back to what it is doing five years hence. So typically, uh, I at least go back up to 10 years history for the company. The first thing where you can start is the audit report. Now, auditors have been maligned quite a bit, I understand. Uh, but it's just a two, three, four page audit report that they say. Hmm. Uh, for a lot of companies... Just go through the five-year audit reports for these companies. You will get some or the other material uh, uh, that may point out to some corporate governance lapses. Especially, I would like to tell this to the listeners, okay? People think that smaller, the the mid-caps and the small-caps are, you know, the uh, breeding grounds of corporate misgovernance. Yeah, because smaller the company, the higher the risk of a fraud. Correct. Correct. But the opposite is also true. It is far easier to catch a bad guy mm. amongst the mid cap and the small cap guys, mm. small cap companies, than to spot some corporate governance issues in the big companies. Because they can get hidden anywhere. Correct. And Satyam at the peak of its thing was not exactly a small company. It was it quite was large. A small company. Yeah. Secondly, these are big businesses, several business lines, you know, and they have means and I mean, they are bigger, they have bigger pockets, they can hide. 
tons of companies to hide stuff in. Okay. So mid cap small cap doesn't have the level of comfort. Exactly. Okay. Go on. So just read the audit report, which is hardly a three-page report. For the last five years, you will get enough material there. Okay. The second thing that you can check is related party transactions, which means what is the business that this company has done with other entities which are controlled by the management, by the board of directors or the brother of the board yeah, of yeah. director or like that. Yeah. So typically one of the ways that, uh, you know, uh, managements used to steal money from the listed company is by giving loans uh, to related parties. Correct. Classic example is the tea company which went bankrupt sometime back, McLeod Russell. Okay. So if you had just read the 2018 annual report, you see that about 650 crores of loans were given out to entities which are not directly linked uh, uh, with the listed entity but are part of the promoter group. Okay, so that's your red flag so there and then straight away. So then you can't know why yeah. this company has given loans to, uh, you know, these guys. Yeah. What's the reason? Okay. So folks, let me just recap that for you, okay? First is, of course, you need you should do at least five years of annual reports. I mean, is that right? Okay. Yes. So first, first would be that. Second is look out for the audit, the auditor's report. Now, the auditor's report is probably I don't know the second or third thing that you read in the annual report. The first would be, yes. depending of course on the annual report that you have, because these days to coffee fancy sa annual report aata hai. Pehle ke I don't know, thus twenty, fifty panne is on the greatness of the company. Then it's the management discussion and analysis, the MDA, as it's yes. called. I think then there's probably some disclosures here and there. And then you've got the auditor's report. So what Amay is saying is, read that. It is just a three, four, five page document, which will have a lot of detail on, you know, stuff like operations, stuff like closing stock, opening stock. Most importantly, it'll have qualifications, right? Amay, yes. if the auditors find something shady. Exactly. Take it. So auditors are supposed to point that out. So, okay, so look out for that. What is the nature of qualification? Kya pata? Kuch, you know, kuch googly You'll notice something out there. Correct. In general, a qualification is bad. Okay. Yes. If you need to investigate more. If there's a trend, so it is enough of a red flag. If it's recurring, then yeah. you know. Okay. So no then, so in the in the scheme of things of the annual report, after the after the audit report, then you've got the you know the actual accounts. You'll have the profit and loss. You'll have the the balance sheet. You'll have tons of uh, of schedules as they're called. And yes. then comes once more, and then you've got the notes to account. The notes to accounts can go on for many pages. Within the notes to account, look out for related party transactions. Yes. Right? And if the size of that is slightly large, let's say a company that does 100 crores in sales does, has given a 40 crore loan to the brother of a promoter who doesn't have anything to do, that's a red flag? Big red flag. Okay. And track that over a four, five year period. Right? Exactly. Okay. So those folks, those are some practical tips for you to figure out on how to, you know, how to analyze the annual reports of companies. How is the scene nowadays? Eh, I mean, you know, you would be reading a lot of annual reports. You'd be talking to a lot of promoters also because now that you're a fund manager, how is the general scene nowadays? I want you to, you know, look at it from the perspective of investors because you also handle investor money. What is the trust scene nowadays? Do people generally trust promoters or has their, unka nazariya change ho gaya annual report dikhne ka? I mean, like I used to look at an, I mean, I've been looking at annual reports, God alone knows for how long now, but I've never seen an annual become, an annual report become so important today. What's what's the general feel nowadays? So I will answer it in a slightly different way. There are all kinds of people and all kinds of things that are happening in the world, right? So when you were in college or when you went to a new office, uh, you immediately made friends with two, three, four people, right? Even today, I'm sure you have, you make friends with certain kind of people much faster 
than certain other. So you know what you like, what you don't like. It's very similar with actually judging the companies. It's very easy to tell if there is a problem. Okay. It's not difficult. Okay. So it's a reverse process. Don't don't get hell bent on finding the best company. It's far easier to eliminate the problem companies. Excellent. So, Ame, now that you know we are towards the end of our uh, show, I just want to ask two more questions. There's one question that I want to ask was because you mentioned this, you know, great companies and then the not so great companies on the other side. What are the? We've already covered how to spot red flags, you know, for a company that's shady. Yes. Can you tell us the practices of great companies? Because you've looked at both extremes, like you said. Yes. What's the you know what's the positive side in all this? What do these companies do that others don't? So, the easy way of spotting some of the good companies is the absence of debt. So, if debt is not there on the balance sheet of the company, a lot of things the promoter and the management does not have to do just to show or satisfy the bankers or the debtors. Mm. Okay. The second thing is. the company should have consistent and good uh, financial metrics over a period of time okay so if the company has been in existence for the last say 15 20 25 years and it financially it has done well so it's like this a good person always honey always attracts the bees mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so a good company a profitable company will always attract good employees mm-hmm. good customers good vendors good shareholders very interesting that is okay so folks um, i'm sure all, all of you want to know more about amekulkarni's product i mean so just tell us about uh, i know you know so what services do you offer and of course how our listeners can reach out to that so what i do is uh, i conduct workshops on how to do forensic accounting for investors in different cities like mumbai pune bangalore the next one i'll be doing in delhi okay uh if you want to uh, come and attend the workshop uh, you should come and attend the workshop please go to my website there is a lot of free material available a lot of examples lot of case studies are there on the website mm-hmm. and i also offer portfolio advisory services to individual clients okay fantastic so uh, the website is candorinvesting.com yes so that's spelled c a n d o r investing.com so yes. is there a mail address and all so my know, email id is a m e y dot kulkarni k u l k a r n i mm-hmm. at candorinvesting dot com. Okay, so you have any questions and you want to know more about forensic accounting or how do you attend? I mean, his workshops. I'm sure they they must be really fascinating. Just reach out to him. And that is a wrap on this the forensic accounting special on Pesa Pesa. My guest Amay Kulkarni of Candor Investing, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Amay, thank you so much for coming over and doing this recording for us. Thank you, thank you. That's a wrap, folks. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.